In this episode, we talk about how to take care of yourself while supporting someone else's mental health. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we're talking about an important topic that I don't think gets enough coverage when we are discussing mental health. There are many of us out there, in fact, really everyone, who is in a position where they need to, at some point or another, support someone else when they are struggling with their own mental health, whether that mental health gets to the point of an actual crisis or if it's just sort of a more routine down day. There are plenty of times when you need to support someone else's mental health journey and their relationship to their mental health. And in those moments, I think it's very easy for us to forget about ourselves and forget about our needs because we want to support that person, because we love that person. We want to give them whatever it is they need. And in this episode, I want to talk about how best to do that, how best to support the other person while also taking care of yourself. So hopefully this is helpful to some of you out there. Now, before we jump into it, I do just want to let you know that if you've been struggling with being more consistent, if you've been setting goals and you keep abandoning them, then I've got something that might help. There is nothing more frustrating than taking the time to identify your goal only to wake up 30 days later having abandoned that goal with nothing to show for it. And I've gone through this exact process. That's why I created my new course, The Consistency Code, because I've come to realize that there's one main reason why people don't achieve the goals that they set. And inside The Consistency Code, I want to teach you exactly what that reason is and what you can do about it. Throughout the course, we are going to discuss why we all struggle with consistency, the two key processes that lead to habit formation, why starting small might be the key to success, why smart goals may not work for you, and the little-known goal-setting method you should use instead, how to break down your goals into their key behaviors, how to identify points of failure before they become a problem, and so much more. Plus, when you purchase the consistency code, you get some incredible bonuses designed to make taking action easier so you can finally achieve your own goals. The consistency code is on sale now for just $97 or three payments of $37. To learn more, head over to www www.consistencycourse.com and enroll today. That's www.consistencycourse.com. www.consistencycourse.com. So here is a fun little statistic. In the United States, almost half of adults or 46.4% will experience a mental illness during their lifetime. 5% of adults 18 or older experience a mental illness in any one year, equivalent to 43.8 million people. Now, that's when we're just looking at the case of actual mental illness. So things that go further than just mental health issues, things that go into a clinical or medical stage. If we expand that number to include people just struggling with their mental health, especially during a pandemic, then you start to recognize how 
big of a problem this truly is. We're all going to go through it. It's no longer almost half of adults. We're all going to at some point struggle with our mental health, with keeping things in balance. For some of us, that might go further and become an actual mental illness. But for many of us, it stays right there. And it's just something we need a little support on. And what that means is that if you haven't already been put in a position where you need to support someone else's mental health, then you're going to have to at some point. Because we talk a lot in this space, in the personal development world, about managing our own mental health. But it's very likely that someone who is close to you, someone you love, someone who means a lot to you, is going to struggle with their own mental health at some point and rely on you for that support. Now, here's the big warning that I need to give, because this is, I think, what we all do. It's very natural to do this, especially if we care about that person. If it's our, our some, a relative, some our mother, our father, our sister, our brother, if it's our child, if it's our husband or wife, whoever it is, I think it's really normal to react in one particular way because we care about that person. And that reaction is to become a sacrificial lamb. Now, here's what I mean by that. I think when we care about people, we're willing to go further for them than anyone else. I think when we care about people, when we love somebody, we're willing to drop everything that matters to us for that other person. And especially when they're suffering, when they're going through something that is affecting their mental health, when they're struggling to make it all work, we're more than likely going to feel this desire to protect them and support them and drop everything in our lives. We're more likely to go above and beyond on a regular basis for them. We're more likely, and this is the where it becomes bad, to neglect our own mental health and life. And this is a major problem. Because once we start neglecting our own mental health, once we start neglecting our own life, once we start neglecting our own goals, it might feel fine at first because we're so wrapped up in supporting the other person. We're not thinking about those things. It doesn't matter. We're putting that on the back burner for right now. But at some point, at some point, your eyes are going to open. At some point, we're going to see where we are in relationship to where we want it to be. At some point, our own mental health is going to start to deteriorate. At some point, when we give up all, everything we care about to support someone else, when we become that sacrificial lamb, at some point, it gets harder to support ourselves. And all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you feel more depressed than usual. You feel more anxious than usual. You feel more upset than usual. And you can't really understand why, because you've just been so focused on helping this other person, this person that you care so much about. You've been so focused on helping them that you've neglected the rest of your life. You've neglected everything that you need. You've neglected your own mental health, but you don't even realize it until it becomes a problem. And this is where it gets dangerous because if we don't realize this is happening to us because we're so focused on everyone else around us, if we don't realize this is happening to us, we can let it get worse than it actually needs to be. And here's the truth of all of this. Becoming that sacrificial lamb, it's not even that helpful. Like it's really not. The best way to support someone else is to maintain your own mental health. 
It's to maintain your own routines, maintain the things that you know you need to operate every single day, to wake up every single day and face this cruel, amazing, incredible, disgusting world that we have to live in. All of the things that you've discovered you need to be able to face that every single day, the best way to support someone else is to maintain that for yourself. Because if they're crumbling and everything around them is falling apart, and then you let yourself crumble and everything around you fall apart, there'll be no one left to support either of you. So how do we maintain taking care of ourselves while supporting the people that we love? Well, thankfully, it's actually very straightforward. It always comes down to, and I say this all the time on the show, it comes down to where we put our focus. Do we give ourselves the space to do the things we know we need to do or not? Do we get organized enough to be able to accomplish both supporting someone we love and supporting ourselves? Because that's the key here. The reason we fall apart when we're trying to support others, when we're giving everything we have to others is because of lack of organization. It's certainly possible to do both, but it feels like we don't have the time. It feels like it's exhausting. It feels like we're not able to. And so we let the things that feel less of a priority right now, i.e. ourselves, our own mental health, we let them go to the side so that this other person can take priority. And we tell ourselves this is going to be short term. But what if it lasts longer? What if your mental health deteriorates faster than you think it will? So ultimately, we have to do both. And the best way to do that is to get organized. It's to recognize what is the bare minimum you need to keep your own resilience up. Identify what those things are. What is that bare minimum for you? What is something that if done, maybe you won't feel 100%, but you'll at least be 80% of the way there. Maybe that's meditation. Maybe that's eating healthy. Maybe that's going out for a run. Maybe that's, that's getting into the gym. Maybe that's taking time to read. Whatever it is for you, identify what that bare minimum looks like. What is that minimum required thing to keep your own resilience up? Now, the second thing you need to do is during this time, avoid unhealthy coping. Things like drinking, things like substance abuse, things like porn abuse, whatever your vices are. This is the moment where you should try to cut back. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do them. But you need to make sure you're doing them out of joy and not out of a need to cope. You need to make sure that when you are engaging in those things, it's by choice and not just because you need to. Because if you get to that point where you're doing it to cope, you're doing it because you feel like you have to, then all of a sudden your own situation starts to spiral. You're no longer hitting that minimum required to keep your resilience up. Now, the third thing you can do is to focus on your own established mental health routines. Now, if you already have things you do to keep yourself operating every single day, if that is a nighttime routine, a morning routine, a middle of the day routine, whatever it is, I really don't care, quite frankly. But whatever those routines are, take the time to make sure they get done. Do them before you support the other person in whatever way they need that support. This isn't the best time, however, to start adding new things because you're in a moment where you need to give everything that is left of you 
to that other person to support them in whatever way they need. And that's a key phrase here. It's not about giving them everything of you. It's about giving them everything that is left after you've given yourself to yourself. I know that's a little confusing. After you have provided yourself with that minimum, giving them what's left over. So maybe you can't add anything new. Maybe you can't be testing things, but focus on the established routines, the things that you know work, the things that you know, as long as you hit this, you'll hit that minimum. And one thing you really need to focus on is avoid feeling guilty. And here's a quick quote from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Quote, when you allow yourself to notice your feelings without judging them as good or bad, you dial down the stress and feel more in control. When you feel less stressed, you're better able to thoughtfully choose how to act. Now, when we allow ourselves to feel guilty, when we try something for someone else and it doesn't really help them the way that they need, or when we maybe aren't giving them as much attention as maybe we feel we should, and we start feeling guilty about that, we're taking away that sense of control. We're judging ourselves. We're getting those feelings and judging them as bad. And we're giving away that control that would allow us to support the person better. The minute you give away that control and you let your own stress come in and you let your own anxiety around the activity or whatever it is come in, you're now no longer in a position to best support that other person. So allowing yourself to not feel guilty because at the end of the day, maybe you don't know exactly how to support them. Maybe you they aren't communicating what they need exactly, but you're trying your best. You're doing everything you can. You're supporting them exactly how you're able to right now. You should never feel guilty for that. If you're able to stop yourself from feeling guilty, you're going to retain that control and allow yourself to show up for them when they do tell you what it is they need. So I hope this is helpful to some of you out there. This is a very tricky situation. It's so easy to give everything of ourselves to become that sacrificial lamb when someone we know, someone we love is hurting. But at the end of the day, we cannot help others if we aren't in an okay place. It's significantly harder to do so. We can't give when there is nothing to give. So finding ways to support yourself while helping others in their own mental health journey, while supporting them in whatever way they need, instead of giving them 100% of yourself, give yourself 20% of yourself, 30% of yourself, 50% of yourself, whatever percentage you're able to operate on. Give, yourself, give it to you first and then give them what's left, support them with what's left you will be able to be there for them much more efficiently, much more long-term. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Reach out to the podcast on Instagram at Tiny Leaps. Give us a follow, send me a message. I'd love to get into a conversation with you on this topic. And if you haven't already, be sure to click subscribe wherever you are tuning in. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.